The Lord be with you. Our reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones, when taking their lamps, brought no oil with them, but the wise brought flasks of oil with their lamps. Since the bridegroom was long delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise ones replied, No, for there may not be enough for us and you. Go instead to the merchants and buy some for yourselves. While they went off to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into the wedding feast with him. Then the door was locked. Afterwards, the other virgins came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he said in reply, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Therefore, stay awake, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. What is your favorite verse or passage in the Bible? Now, some of you immediately know the passage or the verse that jumps to mind. Some of you are scrambling to figure out where in the gospel is that again, or where in St. Paul's letter is that verse, but I think I know it. And others of you are thinking, this is a Catholic church, for Pete's sake. We don't need to know this. We don't need that, right? You do, so, you know, get a Bible if you don't have one. But here's the thing about this question. We get asked it all the time. And it says a lot in one way about how we understand God, how we understand God's call for us, perhaps even our life story. If you were to ask me the same question, my response without thinking, without hesitation, would be Mark 10, 46 to 52, the story of blind Bartimaeus. Why? Because when I was a knuckle-headed 16-year-old in suburban St. Louis in the very back row of St. Clement of Rome Parish, that gospel was read at church. And in the gospel, uh, Jesus sends the apostles to blind Bartimaeus, who was crying out. And it's, uh, the, the apostles say to Bartimaeus, take courage, get up, the Lord is calling you. And for whatever reason, the knucklehead that I was seeking everything but holiness in the back of that church back, I mean, it just hit me straight between the eyes, straight in the heart, and I was never the same. I was changed forever. Okay, so that, that passage means a lot to me. And when I ask people about this, or when people talk about it, the most popular one that I've ever heard is always Mar or, excuse me, Matthew 25. They'll say, Matthew 25. And because I'm a bit impish, I'll always respond, the story of the ten virgins? And they'll say, no, 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 Matthew 25. And they'll say, the first 13 verses are what we just heard today. 
The story of the convergence is normal. Matthew 25. When I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. And this is a beautiful gospel passage because it lays out before us that we all have a call. We all have this responsibility to care for our brothers and sisters in need. But here's the thing, though. We are not one gospel passage or one verse in Scripture. We are and we live an encounter with the incarnate Word, an encounter with a person in Jesus Christ. And so we are called to encounter the entirety of the gospel. And actually, today's gospel helps us to understand the later verses in Matthew 25. It helps us to understand that the Lord calls us not just to serve, not just to be his slaves who do his bidding, but to be his friends and disciples who bring not only food, but the good news, the love, the mercy of Jesus to all we encounter. In this gospel today, the who are the foolish virgins? The foolish virgins are the ones who on the exterior have everything figured out. They're virgins. They've got their lamps. They're ready to go. They're waiting for the Lord. They persevere even when it's late and His coming is uncertain. And yet, they prioritize the secondary things, the exterior things. They forget about the primary thing, which is the oil, which is the thing that gives light, which is the thing that makes it possible for them to stay there for as long as it takes. And how often is this the case in our own life? We prioritize the things that other people see. We prioritize the way in which we want to be perceived by others. We put going to church at the top of our list, and that's great, but are we coming with open hearts? We serve the poor, but are we doing so because we love them and want to grow closer to them and grow closer to the Lord? We can put on this facade of being a Christian, of being a disciple, but when push comes to shove and we're tested, when the Lord comes in the dark of the night, when our heart is broken, we look and we turn and we can't find the oil because we don't have it. And the wise virgins do. But here's the weird thing, considering the the whole chapter of Matthew 25, is that they don't give the oil to those who are in need. This seems contrary to everything we believe as Christians. If I have something, I should share it with you. But here's the thing about this oil. It's not something that can be given away like any other material good. What is it that the wise virgin have? What is it that keeps them there, that allows them to persevere, and that makes them ready no matter the hour for the coming of the bridegroom? It's the wisdom and the joy of that bridegroom. It's the knowledge that only comes from God. It's something that they've received but can't necessarily give to another person. I can't give you the love that I know directly, the love that I know of God in my own heart. I can only give you a little bit of what the Lord gives me. But I can give that away. And so they try to share that. They try to share their example, but the other ones aren't paying attention. And when the hour comes, they're left wanting. And so they have to go off and find it on their own. And this is what the Lord doesn't want for us. He doesn't want us to be wanting in our hour of need. He wants us in our hour of need to have strength. 
to have courage, to have absolute certainty that there is a God who loves us. Because here's the reality of our life, is that the more we give to the Lord, the more we serve the Lord, the more we love and serve our brothers and sisters, the more our heart is broken. The more the people we love can break our hearts and hurt us, and the person that we're feeding, the person that we're serving, can even literally spit in our face. And if we don't have that wisdom and joy of God, it can be soul-crushing. And what is the wisdom of God? The wisdom of God is knowledge of His ways, knowledge of His will. And guess who can only give that? God Himself. God gives that to us, though, in silence, in prayer, in supplication. We don't earn it. It is a gratuitous gift from the Lord, but it is only given when we are able to receive. It is only given when we prioritize Him above the gift that He gives us. Just like the best relationships we know, the best husbands and wives that we know, they're the greatest because they love each other because of who that other person is, not what they want that person to be. And this is what the Lord gives us in wisdom. He gives us that opportunity to know Him and to know His will. And this produces in our life joy. And when I say joy, I don't mean giddiness. I don't mean that like joy that you see in a 10-year-old schoolgirl who's just happy to be alive. I'm talking about the joy that is enduring. The joy that comes from being in the presence of the Lord and and that presence enduring in my life. My first uh, superior, when I was a student brother as a Dominican, he would say to us, brothers, remember in this life, you will either become a cynic or a contemplative. You will either grow in joy and hope and love or you will grow angry and bitter. And so often we see that in our world. We see too much anger, too much bitterness, too much wrath and envy, and not enough joy. And so the Lord calls us, the Lord desires for us to be prepared, to spend time with Him in prayer, to spend time with Him in study and meditation upon His Word, to spend time before the Blessed Sacrament, to pray the Rosary, to be with Him so that He can give us the oil of gladness, the oil that lasts forever. Because the Lord desires us to be his friends, his companions, and not his servants in the slave sense, but servants in the I love you and want to serve you sense. And we have that opportunity today. The Lord offers it to us in his Eucharist. He offers it to us in his mercy and confession. The oil of gladness is abundantly flowing from Christ and his church. Let us bring our flasks, let us fill it up and take it out into the world so that we might be the wise ones, the ones who know and love the Lord and help our brothers and sisters find it, become one with Christ and become the disciples and the saints that we are all created and meant to be.